Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Three, two, one, boom. Alright, we're live. Shall I start things off? Go on then. Oh, no. Why do you say it like that? It's you, bro, so we're all worried. Jesus, wait, maybe, maybe I shouldn't start anything anymore. Jesus Christ, maybe I should start. Oh, I like it. Start. Okay, fine. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Um, okay, ask for a friend, yeah? Not, this is not something to do with me, I'm asking for a friend, yeah? Uh-huh. So, if your sister forces you to watch horror films when you're a child, is that child abuse? Depends what horror film it was. Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, uh, I'm pretty sure Carrie was in there. Yeah, it's uh, abuse. So I should make how, 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 old was, how old was the brother in question? To start asking for a friend. Two. Okay, yeah, 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 love, yeah, love. Someone knows more than I. Someone knows more than that. She likes to like to admit. But anyway, no. Uh, all, all I'm saying I, is I, I need to make a few calls later. That's what I'm saying. All right, cool. Carry on. <laughs> on that note, welcome to the uh, and that's how I messed up podcast, mm-hmm. uh, featuring uh, myself, Shan. What's up in the house? Uh, who's next to me, big man? Good evening, people. It's the uh, chilled <laughs> Mister Roberts in the building. Hope everyone is well. Big man, it's two in the afternoon. Which can you get evening? That's what I mean. Oh, it's a oh, nice chilled Sunday. Maybe, maybe for him. It's, maybe for him. It's like Blades of Glory. No, it's always dark for him. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bro? <laughs> bro? Uh, I'm good. I'm away. I'm alive. I'm well. I'm away. Where are you? Where, where are you, bro? What's up? I don't, I don't, I don't know like, where I came from. I think think the revelations of questions asked for my friend that just just made me question a lot of things in life. Stephen, that always still emotional from watching uh, The Last Ride uh, documentary. Oh, Mark Calloway. I've got got to say, even though today's not about wrestling, watching, uh, because we we broke the bubble last week because you've been isolating, so we finally broke the bubble after five months and we watched... um, well, we watched the five-hour documentary on the on uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and then we watched the the Last Ride documentary on Mark Calloway, aka the Undertaker. That was emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were emotions. 
the feels were real. They actually um um this uh, or last um um Friday is it Friday or Saturday? It was Friday. Smackdown. They actually did a dedication to the retirement of um Undertaker. So it was like a lot of just like a really because you know, one thing WWE um, WWE do really well is they love their um music video compilations. Oh yeah, they, they did a really good one for him, and they obviously showed the boat. His last match was a boneyard match for AJ Styles, and just like started paying homage from when he debuted in nineteen ninety and Survivor Series from on that onwards. Really, it was really it was a really good good show actually for that aspect oh. anyway. Cool, hmm, that sounds interesting. Well, uh, this week it's my turn to grab the mic and the research, and uh, we're gonna segue uh, into. Um, take a dive into anthology tv series um and just talk about a few things that really stick up in the mind and uh show why we are in fact messed up so uh, did you guys know that uh anthology is from the greek word anthology which means i a flower gathering or i gather flowers i gather and i pick up because, okay, okay uh, i'm gonna lie that's that's that okay, that's kind of blew my mind like what that's deep, isn't it? Yeah, that's deep. Uh, yeah, it means I gather or I pick up. So oh, okay. basically they used it to describe a collection of poems because of how poems were seen as flowery or pretty. So a collection is known as an anthology. So anthologies um, came about I mean, mainly from radio because obviously I think, as I know somebody who writes myself, sometimes you've got a story that is not doesn't have the legs for like a, no- for a novel or something big, but has enough to just give you kind of a bite-sized kind of taste of an idea in a very succinct format so that's where we get to the anthologies but you know there are loads of anthologies on radio and and obviously into tv but the one i want to talk about which mainly to others that are influential to me is tales of the unexpected and i'm gonna (laughs) see just even the music and once again as we always say we're doing this podcast to kind of educate enlighten and uh, make you laugh a bit but for those who don't know tales from the Unexpected, uh, it was written by uh, Roald Dahl, and used to come on on Sunday nights, and the music alone, <laughs> just, and the weird titles of the woman dancing. Oh, yes. <laughs> just, we're going to get, we're, we're going to get to put a bit on the overlay, so hopefully you'll hear just a segment of how mad this music is. And I encourage all you to have a look on the titles, because it's mad. Uh, it's weird. There's a woman dancing in silhouette against a roulette table. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. It's it's. I didn't watch it today, and I still felt unnerved when I looked at it. I was just like, Ugh. yeah. And um, I think the thing is, um, well, first off, it was written by Roald Dahl. Uh, so there's a very British sensibility, and which still like kind it. of messed messed me up a bit more when I found out when I was older because yeah. Because Roald Dahl is, 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 is when I say Roald, Roald Dahl, when I hear Roald Dahl, I think James and the Giant Peach, I think yeah. Matilda, I think yep. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I think, I think kids' books. I don't think that creepy man feeding his child, was it honey, was it a certain honey? What was it he was trying to feel his child? That, you're referencing the, one of my favourite episodes, oh, sorry, the Royal Jelly, That's the Royal Jelly episode. Yeah, uh, that's so... <laughs> Was, I, that is literally the only episode I've ever watched, like fully, fully watched, and I never watched anything. I never watched it again after that. I was done. See, the, fun, the funny thing about that is that's only one of three episodes that kind of references fantasy or sci-fi, 
because the rest of them, and there were actually 119 episodes, it ran from 1979 to 1988 in the UK, um, only about three of them out of the 119 had something surreal, and Royal Jelly is one of the ones that <laughs> dabbles in the surreal. I think Roald Dahl kind of wanted to make sure that it was kind of based in kind of reality and that firm, and I think that's one of the things that that does sometimes kind of define a lot of British um, like horror and geek and horror or tales is that that grounding in the surreal. I mean, if you think or grounding in the real that quickly descends into the surreal or the unknown or the just, you know, that kind of what they call the uncanny valley, that weirdness is something you see very well demonstrated in uh, The Wicker Man, the good version, <laughs> the original version with Edward Woodward, not the abominable, awful version with Nicolas Cage. I think we're talking about that. That, 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 that film was... A, mm, Put in the mind. bees on, at this point, man, because Jesus Christ. But, yeah, the the whole thing with the whole... Those who haven't seen it, once again, homework. If you haven't seen the original Wicker, Wicker Man, there are so many things that you can... that you would have watched that basically play, pay homage and would not have been around if not for the Wicker Man and it does have that very British kind of sensibility so I quite find I find it quite uh, funny that Bruv brought up uh, Royal Jelly it's one of my favourite episodes uh, it's a messed up episode so the premise behind it is that there's a couple who um, are finding it difficult to get pregnant uh, and they do eventually get pregnant and her husband's a beekeeper and it transpires that he put um, Royal Jelly um, into her food so and uh, when the baby is born the baby's not gaining enough weight so uh, the husband then decides to put raw jelly in the baby's food and the jet the baby starts to kind of uh, gain loads of weight in a really short space of time and i think one of the genius things about the episode is the fact that they don't actually show what the baby ends up looking like um, i do remember I, you know i can't remember in what detail i remember that I remember it being the last last clip of the film of the, the last clip, episode yeah. and just hurting the woman's screen. And I have yeah. the image of it in my head, but I yeah. can't tell if it's just, I've only watched the thing once, but I yeah. can't tell if it's if, it, if I just made it worse in my head or if it's what I saw. I, I remember seeing like a baby and its eyes were just wide. See, now, you know what it is, what's interesting is what, you're, what you've done is basically you kind of just because what it was is that the husband actually starts to look like a bee yeah. and you never see the baby. Do you know what I think so I'm, it's kind of left to your imagination. Because like, I think I'm kind of mixing it with Rosalie's baby as well, to be fair. But then funny enough, you never see the baby. That That's what's brilliant about it. This is once again, you're in my head, bro. Um, <laughs> this is the thing about Rosemary's baby. You never actually see the baby at the end of Rosemary's baby. What you see is they go, she goes, his eyes, oh my God, his eyes. And all throughout Rosemary's baby, there'd been this intercut flash of these devilish eyes. Yeah, that's what the eyes are in my head. You never see the baby's eyes. You just mm. have been, they've laid the work. And the same thing happened in Psycho, where you don't actually see, um, see, um, the woman attacked in the shower all you do is you hear the noises you yeah. don't actually ever see any actual knife or, or wounds or anything like that you just see the it's kinds easy. of the black and white blood you hear the music which actually cuts and then you hear the sounds of what mm. you presume to be if you, you do see you do see um, contact with skin and the blood but you don't see it like yeah you don't see yeah, actually you don't see it actually entering the body or anything like that but funny if i remember doing an experiment because i remember hearing about this the first time i was really getting into film 
and people are saying if you ask people who've seen that film they're all going to taste something different and i remember when a few times actually asked dark ran and she's like i don't like that film i'm like why and the, the scene she described i was like that did not happen because she discussed something out of hostel mm. oh the blood came out and the guts i was like there really was no <laughs> she was describing some intense scene but just that juxtaposition of sound you know brilliant sound direction um the light that black and white the imagery of it and then just the music coming at the end as the you know the blood or the aka the uh, hershey's chocolate syrup runs down the drain uh no brilliantly executed so the same kind of thing happened in a uh, royal jelly actually so um i'm always i think since sitting down and always i think um watching tells the inspector reminds me of getting my hair done as a kid night before <laughs> because i didn't have a choice of what was on tv so it's the professionals big up to uh, lewis to lewis every time yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh you know and door forever uh, and then uh-huh. tells me it's better came on but i think what it did is it kind of united kind of ignited in me this kind of every time every week there was something different so another favorite episode of mine is called lamb to the slaughter where this uh his housewife kills her husband with a leg of lamb <laughs> a leg of frozen lamb and uh, then the police are kind of like looking around and trying to find it and then she ends up cooking the, the lamb and feeding it to the police officers they never realized they've eaten the murder weapon wow Damn. so yeah there's that one and then there's a horrific one called flypaper um that just sounds where... horrible i don't even know why yeah. you haven't described it to me it, I sounds described it, yet, it sounds horrible but basically it's like there's a spate of child murders and this creepy guy's on the bus with this girl and it's just been, it's like, so obviously he's trying to kind of, you know, get her and what have you. And she's, you know, spends the time kind of trying to not be in his, in his, you know, eyesight and what have you. And this old lady, like, because he's clearly following, he offers her refuge. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and for the time, this is quite like, oh, you know, I mean, now it's quite standard. But it then transpires that the old lady actually was the one to look out for because she invites her back to the house. And when she goes to make the phone call, the phone doesn't work and turn around and the guy who was on the bus is her son. Oh, that's not cool. <laughs> so, which is like, whoa, like for the time. But obviously, we, I think we've been around enough true crime and serial killers after another time. Oh, right, yeah. But I think that idea, that kind of honey trap was a bit new for TV. Mm. So and I think once again, it's quite these horrific images without showing blood and gore, but very based in the possible and I mean, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have Inside Number Nine or League of Gentlemen without Tales of the Unexpected at yeah. all. Yeah. And funny enough, I think from doing that, I always kind of looked out for that format as a result. I always kind of liked that punchy, just I've got 25 to 40 minutes to show this story, you know, middle, beginning, end, quick, quick. But it then led me to the horror, which is you know Tales from the Crypt, Tales from Tales from the Dark Side. Creep show, who are all anthology series. Even though I did not realize how many uh, music albums there had been for Tales from the Crypt. Well, how many? How many seasons has that, has that had? How many seasons? Uh, slash how many movie lengths did it has it actually had? It's had quite. It's, quite, it's had a, a few, hasn't it? Tales <laughs> from the Crypt ran from. See, it's, it's actually weird because a lot of these, um, a lot of these uh, like anthology series, actually kind of run over to the, to like run over another. So. Tales of the Unexpected ran from 1979 to 1988. Um, Tales, 
Tales from the Crypt ran from 1989 to 1996. Tales from the Dark Side ran from 1983 to 1988. Damn. So, and yeah, the Show films actually kind of started from 1982. Mm. So you have a lot of them kind of run over the other with that same kind of format. It's just that, say, some of them, and obviously in the same time, you've got Alfred Hitchcock Presents and, of course, the heavy hitter of all, Twilight Zone. Mm. Yes. Just that some of them play with the format. So... Roald Dahl at one point did, did actually introduce um, like every episode, but then he stopped as he wasn't as involved in all of them because not all of them are his stories. Um, but yeah, I think we, we kind of mainly think of Crypt Keeper introducing the tales from Tales of the yeah. Crypt. And you know, with that introduction, here's the story and then, and then concluding it. You know, and also Alfred Hitchcock presents the same thing. And, you know, Rod Serling's Twilight Zone is the heavy hitter of all that we think of for that kind of um, mm-hmm. beginning and end. Actually, I haven't seen the, the rebooted one with uh, Jordan Peele. Oh, the Tales from the Crypt? No, uh, Twilight, no Twilight, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone but, sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, but I have heard uh, very good things of it, so I do actually want to give that give that a go. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I did not know there, were, uh, there was a metal album for Tales from the Crypt. Uh, there is also a Christmas album for Tales. Okay, nothing comes good from a Christmas album. <laughs> But yeah. all the things that, like replaced with things to do with murder, so you know, like sleigh ride and things like that. And I take, yeah. it, and I take the Crypt Keepers is, is singing most of them. Of course, of course, of course. I mean, of course. What else do you expect? Um, so you always remember, always, always when it comes to Tales of the Crypt, that Tales from Crypt was the first kind of thing to mess with my morality in a sense because when, hmm. I, saw it, when I saw these things at a young age, because um, certain people made me watch them. Um, <laughs> say what? Nothing, sorry, what's that? Oh, okay, that's what I thought, yeah. Um, like, in my, as a kid, the good guys always win. That's, that, that was always it. The bad guys got the comeuppance and the good guy runs off of the girl or whatever to safety, blah, blah, blah. Tales of Crit and Twilight Zone and stuff like that just changed that a lot because most of the times it was you kind of got away with them. The, um, the good guy or the protagonist would get, would get away scot-free and, you know, live a happy life. But there were times where it's just like, Okay, they're not coming back, are they? Oh, that's that person's dead. Oh, okay. It's like I always remember the first one that kind of messed in my head was uh, I think it was Tales from the Crypt, and it was um, the, the Christmas one with um, that murderous Santa. That messed me up so badly because this woman had fought off this guy to, like to hide from high to, from high to hell water. Like she did her everything she could and she looked like she got away. But then her daughter brings the Santa back into the house and I'm like, no. And it just ends right there. And I was like, there's no justice in the world. That, that's Christmas is ruined. Yeah. Christmas is never the same again. <laughs> Not at all. I think I do love that. And I love the fact that um, it never, it always like uh, referenced its, its comic roots. And I think that that's why I love guys talking about things like this is because it's so funny how a lot of these things, a lot of things that we're into, they interchange across each other. So EC Comics is where the Tales from the, the 1950s is where the Tales from the Crypt actually comes from. And a lot of the episodes are literally just lifted from those pages. And they're just like, yep, here it is perfectly. And that one, honestly, yeah, that one, I remember watching it because that was a tense cat and mouse game, pushing the ladder off, all that. That was... That was mental. Mm. 
there's some really like really good and funny ones and the funny thing is it's like i think when you start to look at it it's who directs them mm-hmm. is across the years like sometimes big directors uh, like water hill will like ah, uh, you know you know if you do 48 hours they'll be like ah, uh, you know i'm bored i feel like i'll, I'll do it i'll do a tales from the crypt arnold schwarzenegger directed tales from the crypt what wait so, so what <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger directed a Tales from the Crypt episode. Wow. So did Tom Hanks. What? So did Michael J. Fox. Really? Uh, so did Robert Zemeckis. Okay, Robert Zemeckis um, doesn't surprise me. So did Carl McLaughlin. Carl McLaughlin? Carl McLaughlin, Mr. Hyde himself. He, what? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. And things I think I love about all these things is even whether it's UK or US, they all star, uh, they all star like names that you're familiar with. Mm. And at one point, the Tales from the Crypt actually relocated from production from the US to the UK. Bob Hoskins directed an episode uh, of it and starred in it. And I think there's a whole, I think season seven, a whole, most, most of the season takes place in the UK. And it's filmed in Britain and has British actors and actresses throughout. Wow. Which stunned me. I was like, "Excuse me, what?" But wow. Yeah, yeah, quite there. So check it out. It's quite a lot there. You know what? In this day and age, with a lot of us currently in, that that actually is not a bad idea to try and find a stream source or some way to find it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. I definitely recommend sitting down and watching Tales from the Crypt, and and then watching Demon Knight details from oh, the Crypt. Oh no, I love the Demon Knights. That that's for me. That's just memories of. Early Sky movies. Uh, was it Thursday Night Horror? Was it? Was it Thursday Night Horror? I remember Tuesday Night. Tuesday Night was Action Night. Yeah, yeah, Thursday. Yeah, it was Tuesday Night. Uh, that's it. Tuesday Night Action. Thursday Night Horror. Horror. Yeah. See, I always, <laughs> remember, always, see, I always remember watching Demon Night and not realizing it was Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Because like. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think I came in just as it started and I didn't see like the intro or um, literally the, the Demon Night had just started and I was like, okay, so I was like, oh, Jada Pinkett, okay, like fresh from set off, all right, fair enough. And I was like, oh, Billy Zane, haven't seen him for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, and it just just took it and then just turned. I was like, wow, okay, I'm invested, I'm invested. This is this is good. I actually care. I actually care now. All right, cool. And it just blew my mind. It that. Yeah, it literally, legitly blew my mind, and it had that black cowboy demon at the end. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my god! You know when you wish for a, you wish for a sequel mm. because I don't want to give any too much away for those who haven't seen it. Um, I would recommend you watch the whole thing, watch the beginning because, like Brub said, the same happened to me when I watched Demon Knight the first time. I did not know it was Tales from the Crypt, um, but when I saw it again, I think a couple of years later, and I saw the whole thing with the intro from Crypt Keeper. It just felt so good, especially coming off the background of always watching Tales from the Crypt. And it is, you know, Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett, as she was at the time, not Smith. She was wicked in that. It doesn't, it's one of those movies where it's not like location heavy. It doesn't go from too far from very limited locations. And it, but it is a bloody good film. It's a bloody good rob. Uh, some bits are, are horrific. I think, I do remember someone's getting punched with a fist through the head. In that, yeah, uh, that seems in that. about right, yeah. But uh, Billy Zane, that yeah, that was one of Billy Zane's standout roles. Next to Dead Calm, that's my that's my next uh, Billy Zane favorite um, mm. favorite film with him in it. Uh, it's underrated when he when he when he can be bothered to pull it out. He he does he does pull out. He's a very good villain, is Billy Zane. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, Demon Knight because 
That is fantastic. That's your homework, guys. That's your homework. Check out Demon Knight. Yeah, enough that you mentioned about the Twilight Zone, because uh, for years, my grandma and auntie was kept on talking about one episode about the Twilight Zone. Now, as you know, when it comes to family members trying to describe a program, they'll oh. describe it in installments. So <laughs> let me give you a brief introduction <laughs> of what I've told about this episode. Yeah. There's this episode there called the, of the Twilight Zone. Yes. It's about this man, right? He buys this doll for his daughter. Oh boy. Okay. And the doll say, let's have some fun. He says, what, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> the doll says, let's have some fun. And him dead. Eh? <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so, That's like the that. worst episode of anything ever. <laughs> The end. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been that description in my head for nearly 20 years. I went on YouTube and put Twilight Zone. Let's have some fun. The name of the episode is called Talking Tina. And it starred a very young Teddy Savalas who buys a doll for his daughter. This rings a bell, you know. And this doll's basically like a pre-Annabelle it randomly just, as soon as this doll's appear, someone's going to die. Yeah. But I will honestly say this. If you want to watch 30, 45 minutes of comedy, I recommend this episode because I think Teddy Savalas, I think Bond, or I think Kojak. Smooth, yep. totally in control. To see this man just lose it and start dashing table yeah, and laughing like the Riddler, I recommend it. I'm telling you, that's, this is one for you guys to check out. The Twilight Zone talking Tina. Superb. Absolutely superb. But that's that description, yeah, it's, it's apparently one of the most notorious episodes that was, everyone knows about. Clearly I didn't. And having described <laughs> to me about a doll that says, let's have some fun. I'm like, what are you on about? I'm thinking you've been on the rum again or something because you ain't making sense. Leave her alone. She see, needs to run. See, when it comes to like um, anthology shows, the one that stood out for me the most was The Outer Limits. Because um, that, a lot of the times, like, you like you weren't going to leave an episode, like, happy. I can guarantee that. It's like, I think the first episode I ever watched, um, I, couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you the name of it, but it involved um, um, a gentleman just becoming the president of the United States. And um, as soon as he became president, there was an alien invasion. And he basically, this is like, Literally, like he 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 just been um, inaugurated like uh, literally like a couple of hours, and then he was literally trying to like figure out the best steps to try and get out of the situation that alive, and it just went downhill so badly. And then like <laughs> and, like also I'm not, I'm not gonna ruin the, if you can't find it, I definitely recommend it. But if but I'm not gonna ruin the end of it. But like there's just the, the moment when it ends, you get like you just have that sense of oh my. god god like how could you why did what no like literally just like you just the despair is so real so real it's just oh but i highly recommend it and um, actually i've got one more when you finish that you this is coming to my head as well yeah you, know, you saying that this has reminded me there's one more episode of the twilight zone now i remember i saw this as a child mm. and for some reason this for me this sticks into my head basically this this story about this guy having a random bad day she starts off running late for work he goes for a jog and trips up and you know he just 
a typical Monday in a way. Once it starts, you know it's just going to end wrong. But throughout the whole day, this one man keeps on appearing, just randomly. And every time he sees him, he goes, you, like, follow me. He goes, oh, I've never seen him before in my life. And it's coincidence. He saw the man first as a postman in the morning. So he's looking at him thinking, okay, I saw you just a couple of hours ago. Hours later, he goes for a run in, in the woods. The guy walks into him, and he trips up. So that's twice he's seen him. Later on the same day, he has lunch at a restaurant. The same guy is the, uh, is the waiter. He goes, no, no, no. Clearly, you're, you've got some issues going on. Because everywhere I've turned, you're there. He's like, sorry, so I've never seen you before in my life. The, I'm not going to reveal how it ends. But when you see the episode on how it ends, I remember, I give or take, must have been 11. I screamed at 5.30 in the morning seeing <laughs> the episode. <laughs> and it wasn't right. One, I shouldn't have been up that early anyway. Yeah. But to just to see how something so out of the blue can conclude in such a way, brilliant. I c- unfortunately, I can never say what name of the episode is because I can't remember it. But if I can ever find out, I'll definitely let you guys know. This I will definitely recommend everyone to try and watch if I can ever remember the name. But definitely one of the latest series of The Twilight Zone. See, the thing I have about Twilight Zone as well is like the movie. Mm. Twilight Zone, the movie, Dan Aykroyd's in it. Um, and do you want to see just, something really scary? Do you want to see something really scary? Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that, and I think the the part of of the film, the movie, um, where the, the teacher comes to her student's house, and uh, when he had asked his uh, what was it, his sister, to shut up. That he removes her mouth because everything he says can come can come true. Oh, the, the, oh, the boy, the oh, that little boy. Yeah, that was bloody. Yeah, I'd, I'd also recommend that. Um, so, I, I don't even know if you realise that you know, like the Tales of the Dark Side is basically George A. Romero and Stephen King, right? I probably no, no I didn't realise that at yeah. all. Like, 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 yeah, because things like because when King's Tales of the Dark Side was literally, I didn't even know it was an old school TV series because. At the time, was really educated that that that, that much when it comes to that kind of that kind of um that come, when it came to that side of the culture. Cause I literally all remember it coming in, um, being at home and putting on Sky One, and it happened to be on at that time. And everything was like around eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the in the evening. Yeah. And I just happened to catch it one day, oh, and then I started catching it a few other days. Cause I think um, what was it? Cause I think I can't. I think it's something Grang Lights as well. To be fair, so I can yeah. watch it with her, but um. Yeah, I did not know that it was George Romero and um, Stephen King. Did not know at all. I think the the the, the mad thing is was, was like how long it went on. Um, the fact that so many of them have are links to people that we go on to like for other things, you know. And that format just keeps going. That mm. cool, that format just keeps. It has so much, so many legs. I think to keep going because Freddy's Nightmares had a had a had an anthology series mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Freddy's Nightmares. As we found out the other day, there was there was one for Friday the 13th. It wasn't really an anthology, it was actually, actually. It wasn't really an anthology. It was, it was, it was like a series. a series that never, ever had anything to do with Jason ever. Yep. So, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> great. <makes> sense. Um, <laughs> but it did well, but, to be fair. It did well. Very true. I think the annoying thing is the fact that because like syndication, especially in the UK, is you never got stuff in order. Mm. 
So you would you would have like episode one with episode five with episode, and you're like, well, okay, I I would just like to. Uh, I think that's probably one of the benefits of finding rediscovering these things now is that you can find them and find them in the order that they were supposed to to mm. be seen in. And yeah, it's just um, it's just amazing. Like when you when you like come across it and you find out who's involved like clive barker is involved in a lot of tales of the dark side as well oh um, that makes sense then <laughs> yep debbie harry uh the writer at the uh, the author of the dark crystal is also has involvement in uh in tales from the dark side so is it you know uh, mark um jody foster directed an episode again tom savini does a lot of the effects on tales from the dark side i'm sure well, you're, you're the young fiend didn't you no doubt yeah, uh, Drew Barrymore. So, uh, so yeah, there's there's quite a, there's quite a lot of um, there's a lot of depth and and beauty and and like I said, you wouldn't have, I you would not have Inside Number Nine, um, and w- without that or Black Mirror, at all, you definitely wouldn't have Black Mirror without it. I know Black Mirror is definitely more tech and what have you, but you know a lot of the episodes still quite based in that British. You know that kind of the mundane and that thing of the thing of the mundane. I think a lot of people that we like in this area do like to kind of raise the fact that there's horror and horror and a lot of horrifying elements um, in the mundane in the everyday. I think I remember one of the episodes I like on the uh, on Twilight Zone is uh, these guys who go to Mars and it looks like hometown USA. And they're really like sort of people like they like from home or people they loved, and so they they they're really unnerved. And they settle down for the like for the night, and then in the night it's actually aliens and they kill them, <laughs> and um, yeah, which is because that's that's the Twilight Zone and stuff. But um, yeah, I heartily encourage people to definitely look up like Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, Tells from the Crypt with the Crypt Keeper. I think Tales from the Dark. I think Tales from the Crypt is a bit more. Bit more gore, but funny, right, guys? Oh yeah, I would say that. I also tell from Dark Side is more, uh, it's more sci-fi oriented horror. Definitely yeah, definitely. Creep Show as well uh, has a mixture, I think, of both. It's a mixture of that kind of a bit of gore, more horror, mm. bit of sci-fi, bit of everything. Mm. Um, and once again, Creep Show you get because there was Creep Show. Obviously, there was an anthology series. Then it went on to become Creep Show a movie and then Creepshow 2 is one of my favourite movies uh, once again shout out to Stephen King um, and yeah I definitely recommend it and I said if you want to look at something that's a bit more without the gore but people doing horrifying things that's Tales of, Tales of the Unexpected and that's got that kind of real British feel mm. and then if you're still hungry for more I would recommend you watch Inside Number 9 because and that you know is I Inside give- Number 9 the is. ultimate props for that because you got me yeah. into that. I've Inside got, I, number nine. Sorry, go on. No, because I still only watched one episode, and that's the episode you showed me, and that I lost. I literally, I literally lost it. I lost because, like, because <laughs> you know the scene. You know the scene. It was the boom <laughs> noise, and I, I had, I, I was gone. <laughs> I was like, if you make me laugh to the point where I start crying, you, I'm done. You can't get me anymore. I'm. You've <laughs> lost me forever. And like, like, okay. I'm going to describe a scene, and but I'm not going to tell you what happens. I'm not going to tell you the content, but this is what happens. And, and, and just for the record, I love dogs. Dogs, are, I love, and I would love to have a dog, my own dog one day, but, you know, I can't. But there's a scene where they're trying to shop a dog, uh, shop a dog 
but they, they decide they're going to get it outside. But unbeknownst to the guy who's holding the dog, about to throw the dog outside, his partner has closed the door and he just threw the dog so hard at the window and all you heard was a boom noise and you hit the window. I lost it. I completely lost my, my, my shit. I'm not even going to lie. I just... Yeah, and then I was like, okay, I need to watch more of this. But I never, I never did. It's just like, it's, it's just one of those things that I just, it's on the list to watch. But yeah, I will, I will love, I will, I never thought I was going to enjoy it regardless. But yeah, oh, so funny. Inside Number Nine is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's uh, from two of the creators of League of Gentlemen. Um, and it is absolutely, I think Mike Pemberton and uh, Reese. No, oh, I never get their names right, but please look it up. Um, and it's basically is um, every every episode begins referencing something to do with the uh, number nine. So whether the house number or what have you, the episode I was talking about is called Quite Night In. It's brilliant slapstick episode. Um, it's just a surreal, a dark comedy. And it's an episode where I think it's like barely, there's barely like less than 15 words said in the whole episode. Uh, but it is absolutely brilliant. Um, if you want to dip your toe in and you're not too sure, I'd recommend watching from season one. I'd say watch A Quiet Night In. I'd say watch Sardines, which is the first one, uh, which is a bit. I think what it does really well is that British thing of something that's really weird that you end up laughing at that pretty quickly becomes quite horrific. Uh, there are some horrific episodes in it, I will be honest. And there's some genuinely touching, emotionally touching episodes in yeah. there. But yeah, we'll definitely say um, check out Inside Number Nine. Really, really good. Big Bang, you can say something. I thought like you were going to say something. No, it's, it's just made me laugh because being a massive fan of League of Gentlemen, I didn't realise that they had something in the pipeline. Mm. To one of the many days where I pass around and you're saying, have I watched Inside Number Nine? Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? Oh, I've never heard of it. And then, ironically, that was the first episode you showed me, and that was it. I was done. I think that that's my intro episode. Uh, yeah, just yeah. to so just to say, it's Reese Reese Smith and Steve Pemberton. But yeah, the episode that I used to show to introduce everybody to Inside Number Nine is a quiet night in, because it is brilliant. And if you can also, after watching that, find the Halloween episode. Mm. Please watch it. I will reveal no spoilers. It is absolutely really good. It is just just a well-executed episode, especially in these current times. It's really, yeah. really well done. Uh, but I would definitely recommend, if you're looking for something that's not as, say, gory, but a little bit horrific, and it's like a spiritual, to me, a spiritual ancestor to tells of the unexpected, I would definitely look up um, Inside Number Nine. Brilliant. Uh, currently, I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? I believe it is on Netflix yeah. or uh, BBC iPlayer. Yes. Uh, I believe. So definitely check that out. And also, at this point, I want to do a shout out to another one called Tales from the Hood. Um, Tales from the Hood? Tales from the Hood. I've yeah. heard that. Tales from the Hood was a movie which basically had exactly the same kind of premise of, like, you know, the anthology series. Um, but it's really underrated. It's from 1995, uh, executive produced by Spike Lee. And it's just that same kind of thing of, you know, telling telling some tales. But it's more based around, you know, from the black community. So it's like, you know, things about reference to police corruption, domestic abuse and institutional race, racism and like gang violence. But 
once again, it's about, I think it's, it's a film that has like around five different stories in it. Um, definitely recommended. It. It's a bit weird, but once you kind of get past some of the kind of stereotypes, where well, I think it's designed to kind of make you go, oh, I would definitely check that out because Tales from the Hood is actually very good. It's from 1995. Um, definitely check that out because I think those voices are often missing. I think we do kind of, and that's actually the kind of the whole thing of this podcast is kind of putting the lens onto things that get missed, especially from our community is the black community. Um, you know, I think it's often that thing where we're kind of put into a stereotype of doing certain kinds of movies, a certain kinds of roles always. And there's more to it than that. So I'm always going to try and raise the flag and say, hey, have a look at this as well. You know, and a lot of times it's not because those stories don't want to be told, but we're not given the opportunity to tell those stories. So I'm looking forward to telling more of those stories. Um, but I would definitely recommend uh, watching Tales from the Hood. Definitely, 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 definitely. Okay, well, as we're recommending stuff, um, there's another anthology series, which is um, an animated sci-fi series um, on Netflix, um, Love, Death and Robots. My sister recommended it to me. Oh, it's so um, good! It is, it, like, yeah, like my sister said, it's so good. And apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's because um, there's like, how many episodes would you say? How many, episodes, how, many, um, how, many, how many episodes are there? In, or how many animated shows are there? What, 10, 11? about that yeah um, let me just double check that, I'm uh, that too, because um apparently depending on what you watch on netflix is the order of how um the show would be how the show would be shown to you so like there's um let me double check i think there's like 10 episodes in this anthology and depending on what you what you um what you like to watch on netflix in general it's the order that the the series would be um shown to you um yeah and i don't i don't know how true that was because because my sister showed me that like the first episode um which was yeah. um oh, what was sunny's it edge sunny, sunny's edge yeah and um and like when I, when I started watching it on netflix that was the first episode i was given then yeah, I went from there really, but um, yeah, it, it's I can't recommend that that series enough. It's so good. It's actually eighteen episodes, but it's just that they're all under yeah, it's all they're all under twenty minutes. So some of them are six minutes long. Like That's one of true. them, when the yoga took over, is like six minutes. Um, I would definitely check that out, and that actually is true because I've got some folks, and it does depend also geographically. So mm. there's some folks I know in the US. They didn't start with Sunny's Edge. They started with something else completely different. Um, other people I know around the country, they were like, they got the witness first. Uh, then they got, you know, so sometimes the order does change. So I would definitely check that out. I think I think UK does, t- it has tended to be in the UK that Sunny's Edge is what the one that starts most people off. Mm. But this does change. Um, I've been assured it does change because somebody saw, yeah, someone saw like Secret War first, for example, which I saw last. Um, but I would definitely check that out as well uh, because um, maybe uh, this could be for some people a first kind of touch into anime and animated stories. I think sometimes animated stories, and I think we'll cover this in another episode. Um, I think sometimes people think they're a bit childish and childlike where it's like, no, there can be some amazing, compelling and can, amazing stuff that's done in animation. So if this is your first time, checking out you know doing a hit of an anthology series under 20 minutes and they're not all animated some of them are actually real um 
but they have elements of animation. But I would, as Rob said, definitely check out Love, Death and Robots. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I remember you told me about it and you showed me the first episode yet again. And I'm meaning to catch up with it. So, no, that's definitely one I'll be learning my way through. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think uh, that is a kind of good place to uh, end it. Uh, bro, what's your socials, man? All right, my name is the Instant Classic, aka Warren. You can find me on Instagram and Instant Classic underscore gaming. You can find me on Twitter under A underscore true underscore IC. And you can find my YouTube channel, Instant Classic Gaming, where I stream regularly and post weekly um, gaming videos and so forth and so forth. So check me out right there. Big man, what's your socials? Okay, just those. Keeping this one more quiet. We got Mr. Roberts underscore V1. That's for the Instagram. On there, you'll find all my crazy stuff of Steelbooks and the odd Funko here and there. Twitter. That is War3782, and that'll be me just blogging my way, insulting anything that moves. And a little shout-out to programs and films. How about you, sis? Well, my socials would be, you want to email, that's uh, sentjutesavengers at gmail.com. So sentjutesavengers is all one word, at gmail.com. And the Instagram is messed up pot for me. Thanks, guys. That's uh, pretty cool. Actually, now I think I'm actually going to watch Tales from the Crypt. I, I I'm going to make some calls about child abuse. Awesome. <laughs> you guys have a good night. Wow. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Later. I might be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a friend. It's a, it's, a, it's a friend. All right, relax. I'm joking. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Thanks for stepping up, man. Everyone stay safe. See you later. later Take stay care. Safe. Peace. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.